bitch is shaking the table. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shaking the Table podcast. Thank you all so much for listening in. This is my 10th episode. I never thought that I'd be able to get to 10 episodes because usually I start shit and don't finish it. And that's tea. But this week is really special and really important to me because I have a special guest, my friend Jojo. Hi, Jojo. So a lot of you guys have been asking me, uh, because this is this podcast is my passion project, a lot of you have been asking me um, how I maintain that with my full-time job or just like how I decided to take that leap and jump into something that I'm super interested in. Um, so I figured I would get someone else on this podcast who also took a big leap. Um, hers is actually bigger than mine because I still sit at a cubicle. JoJo does not. Um, and so I brought her on to talk about her journey with just being an entrepreneur and stepping out on faith and saying, this is something I'm passionate about. This is something I've always wanted to do and just going out and doing it. Um, so JoJo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for asking me to join. I'm so blessed. Girl, you are blessed. Um, yes. So I, so before we begin this whole thing, um, I want you to kind of talk about what it is that you do and like what you specialize in and just plug yourself, girl. Okay. All right. So for starters, um, I am an entrepreneur, like Lauren said, and I specialize in videography and photography. And so with that, it's really funny because my whole like college career and like I went to Virginia Tech for my undergrad and I went to Maryland for grad school and that's where I met this crazy chick right now that I'm talking to. <laughs> um, and my background was just video, video, video. Um, and so after graduation, you know, months later, I was like, you know what? I really want to like grow and I don't want my growth to just only be like limited to what somebody else allows me to do. Mm -hmm. I can go out here and do a lot of things myself and I can do them well too. And so I finally like bought a camera at the age of what, what was I 24, 23 when I got my first camera. And that was really nice. Cause you know, I miss being able to check out stuff for free and all that, but oh, no got the first camera and didn't really have any video opportunities where I live. I live in Haymarket, Virginia, so I can go, like, shoot a cow or, like, a deer or something. And, or a winery, whatever. Y'all come visit me. Um, and then I was like, you know what? If I have, a, a, like, a piece of equipment, I can do two things, a.k.a. take photos. Why don't I learn how to get into photography, too? So that's basically what I started to do with that. And I've been picking up a lot more photo gigs than videography. But, um, yeah, so... Um, to summarize, yeah, I'm into videography and photography. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so I, what I find interesting is that, you know, we, we both had the training and you actually had the master's in journalism. Um, so a little bit more expertise than I did with the shooting and the editing. Um, but I could kind of tell that you are a person that marches to the beat of your own drum just because, and obviously that's a positive thing, right? Um, just because like when we were in class, like, I don't know. You just get that vibe from people that they are going to go out and do something on their own and they're going to like not follow societies like, oh, you have to work a nine to five. Oh, you have exactly. to. Yeah. And I could just tell that you're the type of person to be your own boss. So what like what specific moment made you say, I'm not going to work for someone. I am mm -hmm. going to work for myself. When did that come mm -hmm. about? That's a great question. Um, and before I answer that, I just want to also throw out the fact that both of my parents come from a very like technical background right mm -hmm. so I am definitely more of a creative and so are my other two sisters which is funny because you know they 
want to push like getting that that good strong paying job that government you know what I mean that nine to five and that security and while I understand that I also understand that the risk has to be taken in order for me to be happy and have the life that I know that I want and that life that I know that I want is for me to maybe one day have this company where I'm essentially a project manager and I'm overseeing all these projects under John and Michelle Productions um and that allows me to be able to stay home with my kids and like spend quality time things that my mom as a a military like retired air force like didn't really get to do Mm -hmm. and like it's just those pivotal like key things that I know I want to be able to do and maybe it's because I had that void but everybody's life is different and everybody's path is different and yes you know my parents are very successful in what they did but my success can be just as if not better than theirs by me doing something that's a little bit more risky if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I think us as millennials, we kind of thrive on that risk. Um, and so anyways, but my, my really, my turning moment, I guess you would say, was, I think it was six months after I graduated um, in May of 2017. Girl, I applied to hundreds of jobs. And I was like, dude, like, I'm not getting anything. And I did get a couple of interviews. I got one with the NFL network in California. I even went there and met with them and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was just like so cool. And, um, but ne- nothing came about any of the interviews that I did have. And so one day I literally woke up and I just had this realization, like, why am I essentially letting like a job or an employer make me feel like my value is in whether they hire me or not. And mm. so after, you know, I went through the whole process and I knew and I realized, you know, Joe, you're qualified for these and don't feel like you're less than just because you're not getting the okay or you're not getting the pay, the call back. And that's fine because at the end of the day, they didn't see the value that I knew I brought to the table, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because a lot of the times I think, you know, the resume never even gets seen for one. And number two, maybe the way that our resume or our website looks isn't the way that it should look, but there's nobody who's told us make it look better, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Joe, it's been six months. You've been applying a job after job and you haven't shot a thing yet. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And I'm putting my words and my value in whether someone gives me a chance um, to do what I'm capable of, capable of. Um, And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself. And then it was then when I started to continue to grow my portfolio. I started going out and just shooting things with local companies, like little small businesses, and just doing what people need because in this day and age, no business can survive without social media presence, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I started getting um, – I started putting my life in my own hands at this point. And surely enough, like – people started seeing a need for my work and how I could be even more successful financially, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually by becoming my own boss. So, um, I, I guess I hope that answers the question, but like any other job, there's pros and cons to being an entrepreneur, but the, the pros outweigh the cons for me 1000 times fold. So if anybody ever like asks me like what they should do, if they're in a, a rut, mm-hmm to like you know I'm applying a job and I'm not getting anything be proactive in that search like be producing content and whether that's I don't know you're an artist or um, a music like you make music or you make clothes whatever the case is be proactive in that search because you you never re- really will realize 
how much you can do on your own. And I live in a day and age, or we live in a day and age where YouTube is like our best friend or it's Mm -hmm. my best friend. Like I go in there and I learn so much and I, and I miss and I wish that I had like a mentor to call or a boss to go to every day and say, Hey, how do you do this? But it's so much more rewarding when you figure that SHIT out on your own. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. I was actually going to touch on that. Um, too, because we have the world at our fingertips. So if you if you want to specialize in something, if you want to learn how to do something, you just got to do it. Um, and you made a really good point about like the pros outweighing the cons. That was actually my next question for you. Um, if you could name, and this may take you a second um, to name, maybe like the top two pros, um, top two cons mm-hmm. for just you know getting out there and starting something on your own. What what was the struggles and what's the beauty and that you found in this whole process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I will start with the cons. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll start with the cons uh, so we can end on a high note. But the cons definitely is you don't know when your next paycheck is coming. I mean, that's number one. And it's very unsettling at times. Like right now, like, for example, I'm in a, a dry season. Like, I don't know when that next client is coming, I have one that's in rotation of being editing. And then once that's done, I'm like, what am I going to do next? So not knowing when the next paycheck is coming is definitely the first one. Um, and I would also say, I guess I could throw in not having benefits as well, because I turned 26 in June and you girl a little nervous. (laughs) But I know that God will provide because I'm doing what it is that he like put on my heart. So I know without a doubt, like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I made it through 100% of my worst days, and I'm going to keep doing it. So that's um, the cons for me. But as far as the pros, oh, my goodness. Like, I have been able to travel so much, and I just absolutely love traveling because if you asked me in 2016 – would I ever, like, go on a long flight? My answer was, hell no. Like, no, I won't. I will enjoy the pictures from my couch. Like, that's it. But I actually, like, chose, like, faith over fear one day when the opportunity presented itself to go to the Philippines was my first, like, international, like, long, long journey, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And I just realized in that moment, once I got there, that I was literally limiting myself to experiencing literally a whole new world and a whole new life. Um, and it was from that moment on, I'm like, I'm going to keep seeing like the rest of this beautiful world that like God created. And I can't not, because this allows me to be able to understand people at a personal level and actually humanize and relate and not just sit, you know what I mean? At home and learn on a textbook. Like you can never fully understand or grasp like society unless you try to walk a day in their shoes. Do you know what I mean? So that is definitely, um, for me just being able to travel um and having that luxury and that flexibility to say this is my schedule this week this is my schedule next week um and then another con is definitely meeting like amazing people like I have met I've met people who have been very difficult to be around but I've been I've learned how to deal with people that are different than me um so I want to ask you because I think the technical thing is well the technical side of it is something that a lot of people um may have questions about so with so how did you sort of get this process in your mind because I know you said that you weren't getting calls back and then you said hey you know I need to start Mm -hmm. doing what I'm passionate about so what like what are your 
your first step. So or if you were telling this to someone who is trying to start their, their business or trying to, you know, leap out on faith, what are some of the initial things you would tell them to do? Yep. So number one um, would be, I'll just walk through my process of what I did. I okay. just did a lot of research for one and I tried to find the perfect camera. Right. And be careful when you're researching because there's always going to be something better out, right? So I spent, like, two months, and my mom's like, what are you doing? Why have you not bought a camera yet? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to find the right one. And she's like, just get something and, make like, make it work. You know what I mean? Because there's always going to be one better, you know? But so just pick something that, you know, makes sense for where you're starting. Like, I don't need the absolute top-notch, best of the best. I need something that... You know, I can monitor, monitor my audio. I can mm-hmm. um, do stills and I can shoot video. So some cameras can only do one of those three things, and some can do five things. So just finding what you need for your specific needs. Some people might need a vlogging camera, so they might need a camera that the screen flips out so they can turn it while they're recording. So it's their face, yada yada. I didn't need that. So finding what what you need, start there, and then after that. YouTube is your best friend. That's all I can say. Um, and then after that, once you get into the field a little more, you will naturally meet people, whether that's through social media, like Instagram. I've met so many photographers and videographers on Instagram. And honestly, if I if I ever had a diehard moment, I know who I'm calling. You know, I don't have that boss. I don't have that, that mentor necessarily. But I have some sick-ass entrepreneur friends, too, who are doing what I'm doing. But, like, you know what I mean? They've excelled because they started a lot sooner than me. And I know I'm going to call them if I need help with this program or this editing or this music selection. Or I just want somebody to critique me. Um, and so that will naturally come. But it's not going to come if you don't have anything out there for it to transpire. Like, you have to put in the time and put in the work. And do not be afraid to do free work. Like, I, I hate doing it, mm-hmm. but it's open so many doors do you know what I mean and so you have to think about the long-term goal that you want and know that sometimes like an opportunity is more price like it's priceless it really is because it's opened so many other doors and so many other gigs and jobs and um people will like you if you are willing to take that risk and do something for free and they will refer you and word of mouth is so powerful that that's literally all I've done with my business in this past year I've never advertised myself one time and now that I'm in this dry spell I'm like okay Joe let's do something different now so now I'm working on revamping the website and then I'm actually going to start promoting myself um but yeah word of mouth is so powerful I've made it a year so far by just word of mouth in Haymarket Virginia like me and my neighbors are cows like I'm telling you for real <laughs>
is more loyal, whatever, or they get it. I don't even want to say loyal. Some people just don't get how much power a like or a share holds. Girl, no, I, I literally I have to stop you there because that's something that that you touched on that I'm realizing for myself. Um, and I think that just comes with getting caught up in the process, right? Um, notoriety is something that a lot of people strive to. And, and I mean, we're in the age of social media, so why wouldn't you, right? Everyone thinks that like, if you know, everyone that they've ever known supports their business and that's going to make them more successful. Yeah, it might, but also you have to understand that not everybody has a taste in their mouth for what you're serving, you know? And for me doing a podcast, there are people who I'm friends with who tell me, Lauren, I'm not in your audience. And at first, like being a person that takes a lot of stuff personal, I took that shit personal, but now I'm realizing that that's okay. Cause there are people who text me every Sunday when I drop my episode and are like, girl, oh my God, I love this. Or I can relate or, you know, when I'm going to be on the podcast, whatever. And then there's some people that say, you know, this week I didn't like the topic, so I didn't listen. And it's like, okay, but you can't get caught up in that. You can't say, you can't feel discouraged. You can't say, well, I'm not going to produce. I don't want to say fuck my friends, but like <laughs> the people that don't, you know, the people that aren't really like supporting you at that moment that's fine there are other you have to you can't focus on what someone's not giving you focus on the people that are giving you that support and are saying reaching out to you and saying they feel inspired and um I think that as a person that you know is trying to get out here and do my own thing I don't know where this podcast and stuff is going to take me but if I didn't put anything out I would have judged myself even more I would have been harder on myself even more so that that was a good point that you made about, you know, just not getting caught up in, in who's liking your stuff and who's sharing because yeah. girl, everybody and their mama got a podcast now and that's not my concern. You know, either we're gonna link and create and collaborate or we're exactly. not. And exactly. and you can't get upset that other people are jumping on a very lucrative wave, you know? Like right. people are making money off of this stuff. So audiences are not the same. The people that like that podcast and the people they're like mine, maybe two different audiences. Or they may be the same people, but they have how many hours in a week, girl? I don't know. <laughs> Do that math real quick. But No, seriously. And I don't think people like you like really understand and utilize because here's the thing about social media, right? It doesn't like it's like I just wish that I could tell people, right? Especially as an entrepreneur. And I know you can attest to this, but don't let the internet crush you. Like mm. no one is posting their failures. Amen. And a lot of people think that, oh well, I'm not you know, it's selling that fast or whatever the case is. And for, in my experience, I've done so much free work, like I said, and I felt bad for charging somebody what I know I should charge. And then I am I finally at this place in my life where I'm like, I need to stop lowballing my own business to satisfy cheap people. Like, oh. if they don't understand the value that you bring, then you don't need them. Like, they can go try and find better elsewhere, but they probably won't. Like, let's be serious. I know, and I can speak on that for myself. In Hamburg, Virginia, I'm the best. I'm the, I'm the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not me being cocky. It's just I've been through training. You know what I mean? Like, I have had the best teachers teach me what I do know, and I've learned so much by myself. So why should I feel bad just because people are uneducated about the service that they're offering to – go ahead and compensate and lower my standards to make them happy. Because at the end of the day, who's losing? I'm losing. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people, see, that's something that if I sold a product, I would be very frustrated by. Um, just because pe- people are cheap. Yeah. But also like never, 
lower the quality of yourself just because you feel right. like you have to right. please this customer. Like, no, I would, I would hang up on people. If I charge $50 for a service and you used to getting it for 32 and it's not, it's five star and I know I'm 10 star, I'm hanging up. Exactly. Because here's the thing that I've learned. People, people will, they will, oh my gosh, use you until you have no pulse. Like literally. And the thing is, it's like, if you don't set a value for yourself, why in the hell should anybody else? Like, why should you expect somebody who calls you is like one day when this a podcast that people probably got to pay to be on because your platform is going to be that big. It will be speaking to existence. Thank you. Um, <laughs> do not lower that for them because they don't have the dime. Like it, that's not what we're here for. So setting your own value and sticking to it. And honestly, what I found is, Instead of me being scared to stick by my price, people honestly respect me more because I don't budge. And because I, I've been a budger this whole past year, and I've finally gotten to a point where I'm like, I can't because at the end of the day, I've now realized I have to calculate my equipment costs. I have to calculate my insurance. I have to calculate my gas. I have to calculate the time being there, the editing, like all of that that I didn't really think of in the beginning because I was so new and I'm like, oh, let me shoot this video and it's just one minute, but really it takes 15 hours to produce this one minute video. Yeah. So setting your value is just so important and sticking to it, sticking to your value. Mm, okay. My next question for you is obviously money is a big, um, it's a, it's a big, it can be a big hindrance for a lot of people that, you know, don't have anyone to support them, or maybe they're living on their own in a new city. So financially, how expensive is it? Yours is a little bit different because you do have to factor in your equipment costs, but how expensive was it for you to start over and, and sort of how did that process begin? Did you buy a little at a time? Did you save up? Like how did you work another job? Did you work at Target? <laughs> like, how does that work for you? Or how does so, it work? Um, <laughs> the target side hustle, but I know a lot of people like that's in the thing, and that's great. So I've been doing like some substitute teaching, yeah, and I was te I'm teaching because I want to be able to give back one day. Um, so that's it, that's what I, the avenue I chose: the substitute teaching over you know going to Target or you know what I mean, uh, American Eagle, or working at some kind of store just to collect the paycheck. I wanted to get a little bit out of it just to kind of feel the educational like environment where our world's going because it is not a good place in the, in the education system right now. Um, but to get back to your point on buying little by little, that's exactly what I did do. Um, I first started off with my camera and I eventually built up to getting like a wireless microphone. And one thing led to another where a nonprofit offered me to come on a trip to Africa with them mm -hmm. um, because they saw my work to date, which I mean, it wasn't that amazing, but it was good enough for them to try to get me to come with them and just document an experience for them to bring back home and put a face to their mission. And even though that nonprofit didn't have any money to pay me, they were like, do you need any equipment? So they bought me some extra equipment. And that's another, another way or another thing to think of when starting um, a business, what are some ways that you can help out and almost essentially barter? Like, hey, I will do work for you for free, but can you get this for me instead? And that has allowed me to, you know, grow my equipment stack and essentially the quality of my company uh, without having to spend a dime and just give my time. And my time has 
been priceless experiences. So um, I hope that answers that question. But little by little, um, I don't think people realize that a little bit is a lot. A lot of people think, oh, I need the best camera or nobody's going to hire me. Mm -hmm. I can literally shoot something just as good on, on my iPhone. Like, I'm not saying go ahead and only set your standard to have an iPhone, but your iPhone can do some damage. I always t try to tell people the best camera you have is the one that's in your hand. I don't care if it's a flip phone, whatever the case is, use it. And at the end of the day, if that's all you have, then you have something that other people don't in that moment. So capture what you can and make the most of it. That's so true. I think, yeah. And that goes back in getting caught up in the details and not looking at the bigger picture because I was the same way. Do I need Do I need the best mic? And, and like you said, when you said the whole like two months on the camera thing, I was cracking up to myself because I'm like, that's me. I, I get caught up in having the best of everything, having the best rollout, having the best graphics, having the best website. And then I was looking, I was like, I'm doing a freaking podcast. I need a laptop. A microphone. Matter of fact, I was at a point where I was like, I don't even need to buy a microphone. <laughs> I could literally yeah. just use my iPhone. But then I was like, wait, no, if I do calls. Yeah, it was just like getting caught up yeah. in those little things. And then one day you wake up and you're like, look, if I don't start this today, it ain't getting done. Exactly. And it's funny because I look at people online who have this extravagant equipment that I one day dream of having. Mm -hmm. And they don't know, like, they don't have anything to show for them being able to utilize equipment like that. And I think a lot of people think, oh, if I have the best, then I'll get the business. But you're not going to get repeat business because you, you don't even know, like, the fundamentals of editing or audio levels or music. Like, all your stuff you're producing is essentially trash because <laughs> you think that just because you're holding this nice camera, you know what you're doing. And that is so not the case. And a lot of the times, it fools people, especially clients, because they don't know anything about video production. So obviously, they're going to look at, at the outside and say, oh, she has a salon camera. She probably doesn't isn't really that experienced. Although, like, you know, I have two degrees, and I have a lot of experience, and this person just has a nice camera, and that's it. He never went to any school for it. Mm -hmm. But you, you only look at the outside. So just, like, be aware of, like, people and things just trying to fool you by the appearance because we all know like you know there's so much more behind anything behind social media behind a smile behind equipment behind a beautiful like outfit there's so much more behind it to just that yeah and it's just like you literally have to think that mentality in business like a lot of people like know that in like in life and relationships like you know the red flags but there are red flags too when it comes to business and equipment can definitely be one especially in my field Touching on that, actually, what what are some other um, things for um, new and up-and-coming entrepreneurs to be wary of, I should say, in the whole process? What's something from your experience that you, that was um, a challenge? Yeah, I think, honestly, just the, I don't want to say negative, more so the doubtful things that the elders around you are going to say, mm -hmm. like, naturally. And it's not because they don't believe in you. I think they just are very nervous of the generation we're growing up in. We're very carefree when compared to them. And we, like I said, we take a lot of risk, whereas they didn't really even have much of an opportunity or a choice to take a risk. They mm -hmm. did kind of what was safe because they knew kind of what the end 
route, like, or the end goal would be, and that was to be, like, financially secure and support a family and all those great things, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't have to worry about all that extra thing. Thank God. Um, and I still live at home. Like, that's another thing. And a lot of people don't have this luxury. And, yes, I do pay rent, and it hurts my soul every <laughs> month I have to write that check because I'm like, oh, I could be so much closer to moving out if I didn't have to do this. But it's just part of adulthood, you know, and mm-hmm. my parents don't need my money at all, but they do understand that, like, I am an adult and I have responsibilities and, you know, I need to feel like that. So they're going to put me in a position to allow me to kind of feel that burden of when my savings is getting low and I am using it to pay. What more can I do? Because, like I said, I do my substitute teaching, but maybe there's going to be a time where I have to do get another job. Or like I said, maybe I need to actually be more proactive and more boots in the ground for myself and go to business to business, door to door, and actually introduce myself so people know, hey, I'm here and this is what I can do for you. Let me help you. Because nobody really knows if you exist if you don't, you know what I mean, put yourself out there. So um, it definitely forces me to be more cautious of my spending, even though I am addicted to Starbucks. So, I mean, it's just all perspective, really, and I just, it makes me happy, and that's the thing that I think people need to realize. Just do that one thing that just, like, makes you happy, like, once a day. Like, for me, it's me waking up in the morning and going to walk as soon as I wake up, and I listen to some motivational stuff, and I have my Starbucks, and I'm literally just, like, reset and if I don't if I don't do that mm-hmm. I don't feel the same understood yeah. so so actually touching on that I love how this conversation flows uh when two journalists get in the room are mine uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I actually wanted to ask you because you did mention in the beginning of this episode about um being in that dry season you said um so how is it that you stay so positive because I have friends who are entrepreneurs just like you and um, when they have their dry seasons, it's almost devastating. You don't hear from them. You know, they don't want to go out anywhere. They're not posting on socials. But you, I see you so, you know, positive, so motivational. So, you know, just like, I don't know. You just bring me joy without even, like, physically being around. Okay. Okay, don't make me throw up because, you know, I hate this. But, no, you, you, like, bring a lot of people so much inspiration. How do you maintain that joy and that positivity in a time that, you know, it's kind of scary for you? that's a great question. So it's funny because I think it really stems down to my roots and me growing up in the household that I have. So I'm a biracial product of military family, and my dad is Italian, okay? So let me just say he is a hot head, okay? That's all I I know from the time I came out of my mom's womb to now is just – the, the trigger that goes off when something wrong happens. And I've seen a lot of things growing up that, like, I do want for myself, and I've seen a lot of things that I don't. And love my dad's death, but that's just one thing that I have instilled in myself is I'm not going to let things that go wrong affect my day or my mood or at least so much to the point where I'm bringing other people around me down because I don't think people realize how important, even though you might not – directly be being yelled at by somebody in your office, that tone and their demeanor affects your spirit. It, it's so it's so interesting how it works. And then my mom, she's from Charleston, South Carolina, has never had a taste of liquor in her life, has never said a cuss word. I mean, just has never yelled. Like, 
she's the sweetest, nicest, calmest person ever. And so I've, I've gotten to see two sides of the spectrum, right? And sometimes it is necessary to, you know what I mean, what's your opinion and get a little bold. Um, and then, but nine of the ten times, it's like, what is the point of reacting to something when the outcome is still the outcome? Like, for example, say you are running late to work, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get there any faster by having, like, a temper tantrum or cussing and screaming and asking why. You're still stuck in traffic. So, like, let's be proactive and think about ways that we can just, like, be positive. So I'm going to sit in this traffic and I'm say, Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning, period. Um, thank you for allowing me to sit here and have a position, even though I might hate this job. I have a job, and there are a lot of people who don't. So it's me just always trying to think of ways to, I don't know, combat the anger or, like, the negativity that I naturally feel about mm-hmm. certain situations. Um, and realizing, you know, new levels bring new devils. Like, T.D. Jakes, I was listening yesterday, literally said this, new levels bring new devils. And it's so true because it's, like, the more you excel, the more problems you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And that's something else I don't think people realize. They think, you know, being rich is hard or being broke is hard. So people think being broke is hard, but being rich is hard too. And it's like you have to choose your heart, right? And it's nothing is cupcakes and rainbows. And at the end of the day, the fight is literally in your mind. And it's like, are you ready for the next level? And if you are, what are you doing with the time that you have left? And so that's that crossroad that I was at, right? After I was applying job after job after job, I'm like, what am I doing with the time I have left? Because tomorrow's never promised. Mm, yeah. And I want to put my work in, in these people, these strangers who don't even know me, who have this job opening. No, let me go be proactive. And let me, here, here is the key, okay? Invest time in yourself, okay? Because so many people spend so much time investing in other people, right? Especially in this generation. People are trying to get to know people so that those people like you, so so that you fit in, or so you start to study them and you know them, mm-hmm. and you get to this point that you don't even know who you are, and it's like the the challenge is really people spending time with themselves, and that's what I have mastered, and that's why I think I'm so confident, so consistent when it comes to my positive energy, my positive vibe. It's all a mindset. Okay, Jojo, with the word of the day. I, I like that part that you were talking about, basically saying that, you know, you got to find a silver lining in everything. And I, I've learned that too. You got to be a glass half full person instead of a glass half empty. So, yeah. And I'm always pointing to yourself. It's just like, we're literally vehicles. And it's like, we have to stop and fill our, our tanks up to be able to go from point A to point B. So why would you not think that you have to do it for yourself? So it's just finding those things that pour into you, and it can be something as simple as eating a donut in the morning. I don't care. <laughs> or it can be going up, going to the gym or going to yoga. Whatever the case is, everybody has that one thing that fills them up. So it's what is that? Find that for yourself. Spend time. You spend time learning about all these famous celebrities. You know more about them than you know about yourself. And okay, don't don't drag me on life. my own podcast. Thank you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> hold on, wait a minute. Yeah, um, so we have been talking for a little bit, have been dropping gems, so I want to say thank you for that, because I feel like people listening definitely will 
sort of relate to you at any point, even whether it's now, whether it's in six months when they finally got their business off the ground, or whether it's in a year when they're looking back at their track record from 2019 and they're seeing how well they did. So thank you for sharing your gems. Um, I just want to say, what is next for JoJo? Where can people keep up on what JoJo is doing in her life? Where in the world is JoJo San Diego? Um, (laughs) My my next journey is actually in Costa Rica. I've never been there before, so I'm really excited. May. So the rest of April, I'm really just, like I said, I'm trying to build this foundation, market myself, and have this clientele. Because the goal for me is to be able to travel while making money. So while I'm home shooting tons of content, and while I'm away, I'm editing it all. And so that way, I don't have to worry about the financial burden. It, it will come one day. No. Um, so yeah, Costa Rica is going to happen in May. If you guys want to learn about like video or see what I'm doing, um, or even just simply learn about the pros and cons of traveling, because there's a lot of things I wish I knew that I know now that I would love to tell people about. Mm. So Costa Rica, and then I'll hit Colorado and Thailand in June, July. And after that, I'm really going to have to figure out how I want to spend the, le- the last half of this year. If I want to be stationary or keeping a world traveler. How many freaking passport stamps do you have? <laughs> I would love I for you to count. A passport, actually, last month I got a new passport. So I'm hoping to fill this bad boy up in like three years. Jojo, a girl can only dream. Uh, so, so spell out your socials because I don't think anyone knows how to spell Jana except me. So J O H N N A D O M I N I C K, and it's really funny. People are like, "Jonna, what is that for?" I'm named after my dad, John, and they wanted a boy on their third try, and they got another girl. So, I mean, he has a right to be stressed out every day. I guess he lives in a household of four women now. So, oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so is that your personal? Or that's your business for the people that's at home. That's a business one, and my personal one is. Jojo, J O J O, and it's three underscores, um, and then Chanel. Okay, Jojo, thank you so much for dropping your gems. And thank you guys for tuning in at home. Love y'all. See y'all in episode 11. Bye. Bye.